Hey, hey, welcome for this new episode of the podcast. Um, just before the dialogue with uh, Mark Glaudemans, it will talk about uh, his, him going from landscapes to fashion and portrait photography. Um, he's an architect uh, by training, uh, super interesting dialogue. Um, just wanted to say that uh, there's a second part of the podcast, like it has been for a few weeks. And there I will talk to you about uh, my experience in the Rencontre de Arles, which is uh, probably the largest or one of the largest photo festivals in the world. Um, and the first week, which is supposed to be the professional week, but where everybody uh, meets and where most of the networking is happening. Um, so stick after the dialogue uh, if you want to hear about that. And I'll talk about it a few, two or a few more things uh, too. But right now, the, the dialogue. Very happy today to have Mark Goldemans. Um, online for this dialogue about photography. Um, so I discovered your work through through a friend, um, a Norwegian friend. But I'm first going to go directly to the main question, which is, uh, what's photography for you? Why, why did you get into it? Or why did it Im impose itself to your life? Thank you, Tristan. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here and talk about photography because it's, yeah, it's a big passion in my life, I would say. It's not my job. Uh, I consider it a bit more than a hobby, I think, like, like quite a few photographers. So, and it fills a kind of a gap that, that I lack in my, my full-time job, which is more this creativity, the ability to create something uh, with photography. So okay. for me, it's, it's a very important, let's say, counterpart of, of things I, I do uh, in my regular job. Yeah, because if I'm not wrong, you're you're an architect. When did photography appear in your life? During childhood or later? Later. Uh, photography, let's say until I think like five, six years ago was more utilitarian. So I took pictures on when I traveled and of my family, but it wasn't much more than that. And in my case, it actually started with a camera. Uh, it started when I got hold of the, the Fujifilm X100. It's a beautiful camera, uh, retro style with a lot of manual dials, fixed lens. Uh, and, and, and this really got me triggered into photography and learning to see the world in different ways. So actually the camera really sparked inspiration in me to take it out every time and everywhere I went. So APS-C is a smaller sensor. But it's beautiful. It looks like an old Leica, and it's very small. Was it the object, as you said, because suddenly you had some some I central like object? I like beauty because I'm a designer, so I like I really liked how it looked itself as an object. I also really like how it uh, how people respond to it because it's not obtrusive. People like it, and uh, so it's very easy to make a connection. I like also its limitations. So fixed focal length, 35 millimeter. Uh, you cannot change the lens. So it is a way of limiting yourself, but actually enriching the way you see the world. I read on, on your on your site that this camera had some real impact on your photographic practice. Um, but when we look at, I'll put the links, of course, in the description underneath the, the podcast to the links to your work. Uh, but when we look at your work, it it seems almost hard to believe that you're only working with this small camera. All of those pictures were taken with this simple tool? Many. I, I did actually change to a bigger camera system with interchangeable lenses later, but I learned most from my period with Deadland camera. And I, I, for a couple of years, it was the only camera I had 
I went on photography trips. I went to the Scottish mountains. I took landscape photo photos, people photography, street photography, everything with that. I went to India, to California. I didn't take anything out but this camera. And uh, I never felt I missed something. Uh, but somehow, and I don't really recall why I did in the end upgrade to a bigger camera with more lenses, but sometimes it creates also anxiety because you have to choose. And uh, it's sometimes better to have these limitations. You've done also some concert photography. Uh, that was also with uh, the smaller camera? Yeah, they often allow this camera because they don't think it's any kind of professional gear. You cannot change the lenses. So somehow this is for many venues, this is the criteria. So if you can change the lens, it's not allowed. Otherwise, it, it's okay. But more recently, I changed into more people and model photography. And, and that was with a different camera. And for that, I'm glad I also have other cameras. Regarding what you say, this this sort of discovery of photography, did it feel like you discovered a new aspect of your life or a new universe? I mean, maybe probably rediscovered something that I that I lost because as a designer, as an architect, I was always more interested in the conceptual phase of a design process. So you have a white slate, there is an idea and the thinking before and then the first line, then you start to create your story and your concept. That's the magic moment. And mm. then of course, That's only split second. In, in architecture, there's a very long process of negotiations and technical drawings, and then construction can take years. But the magical moment is, is sometimes only like a few minutes or a few days. Mm. Uh, and I was always more interested in that part than everything that, that came after. So in the end, I never really practiced as an architect like constructed buildings, but I went back to research and education because I could focus on that magic moment and teach students that. But also photography, for me, is that magic moment that you create something and it's split second. It doesn't yeah. take years or months. So yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to listen to your intuition and to your feelings. Yes. Yeah. And, and do you think it, it actually changed the way you are in, in your own life besides photography? Probably because it, it, it gets into you, the way how you see it. Even if you don't have your camera, I, I think your eyes are kind of becoming also an extension of the camera. So not only mm. the camera extends of your body, but also the other way around. So if you have the virus, you cannot see the world in anything different almost than how would I take a picture of this? Or what is the frame that I actually would, would choose? So, mm. yeah. Looking at your work, you, you do model photography, fashion photography, um, but also those landscape, very, very minimalistic landscapes. Um, And, and concerts, there's always a, a human value somewhere included in the stories that it seems you're telling through your pictures. But no architecture photography, is, is that something deliberate? Yeah, I, I guess so. Because of course, I, I, I have many friends and I was a long time in an environment where all these people are very building obsessed. They always take pictures of buildings and I never felt the urge to take architectural pictures. So uh, somehow for me, The, the, the final object is less interesting than the, the concept behind mm. the, the, the architecture. So I always read interviews with architects and I was not super interested in the, the pictures themselves or the buildings themselves. Um, how do you see the interaction with the people who discover your work? That's a good question. I, I, I think it's, uh, it's mostly, I'm not, not really concerned, I, I think, with the viewer when I'm doing it. So it's not, it's not on my mind. Um, 
So it is a way how I see the world. I, I like beautiful things. I, I, I like, this is my perspective and it's nice to have feedback, but it's not something that I, let's say I'm planning for or aiming for. Also, I rarely work on commission. So it's usually also, yeah, my own commission. Do you think you might go towards an exhibition or some books or are you planning a little bit about doing something like that? Definitely. Um, of course, it's nice to share. And, and let's say I, I currently mostly focus on, on model and fashion photography. So that's, that's a new field to me. So I'm still learning a lot, still have a lot of inspiration. And I already published quite a few of editorials. So, so, but of course, it would be really nice to, to have maybe a body of work in a few years, uh, create an exhibition or, or a book. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, for sure, I would like to show the world the, that story. Why did you go to fashion photography, uh, model photography? Is there a reason or just it's just a spontaneously it went into that new field? Yeah, I've, I've thought about it myself as well because I was really passionate about landscape photography. And I think, I think during the pandemic, this became also probably one of the only disciplines I could, I could practice. In the Netherlands, we didn't have very heavy lockdown. So I was able to go everywhere in the country. And uh, basically, a couple of times a week, I went very early in the morning to catch sunrises, even one or two hours drive. But maybe I got bored a little bit in the pandemic, and then I, I felt the urge to start taking pictures of people. And, uh, uh, and it was a pretty radical change from nearly 100% landscape photography to nearly 100% people photography. Pandemic had something to do with it. Many of us during the pandemic had some kind of, not change of mind, but we we had to maybe refocus on, on the things that made us vibrate and being more in contact with uh, human subjects uh, seems, seems yeah. a logical and, and pathway. Also, also what I like about it, landscape photography is very individual. So basically you go on your own, you choose your own moments and basically you, you can, uh, of course you cannot uh, change the weather, but basically it's, you can do it on your own. While with fashion and model, it's, it's teamwork. And I like that as well. It's sometimes, logistical nightmare and of course with people of course you have also the, the bad habits of other people and of myself but if something happens then you can create some magic together it's even more fulfilling than creating magic alone so mm. uh, yeah it's that part as well that is attractive to me yeah i saw you, you were citing i think it's on your website citing peter Lindbergh, helmut newton as an inspirations do you think you, you would also combine those inspirations in your landscape photography? Do you think it's a whole mix that you're making now? Definitely the other way around. Of course, I mean, if you have like a striking environment, like an ocean, or we don't have mountains, but we have beaches and dunes. And I mean, the combination of model and fashion and those kind of environments really inspire me. Definitely, yes. Maybe Iceland and Norway and having models in those kind of dramatic settings. I like that, although I don't like the fairy tale photography that some people tend to. Uh, so yes, does my landscape photography also influence how I shoot people? Probably yes. I like this minimalistic. Uh, I don't like too many things in the frame. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think it has a, an impact. Talking about Lindbergh or or Newton, what do you think talks to you most in in their styles? Uh, I think it's mostly the, especially with Peter Lindbergh, I think the moments, the moment, the real mm. moments with, with the model. So uh, 
that, that I think he was a real master. I mean, of course, many of those are posed, but sometimes you don't have the feeling that these are posed. You, you see some real emotion and real moments. And that is, that is actually, I found out, it's pretty difficult to, to realize. So, and it's, a, it's a definitely something I strive for. Do you think your interaction with your models give you some, some other tools to meet other people uh, or see other cultures differently? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, I like to have a diverse portfolio with kind of typical, the kind of models. It's mostly mostly women. I really like to shoot women models, but uh, from very different backgrounds, different cultures, different ages. Uh, uh, I like also the fact that, I mean, most of them are younger. So it's nice to have this, this connection with the young generation, what their concerns are, why they do this, and uh, what they encounter Most of them, of course, combine it with, with, with jobs or study. And uh, so it's always nice to have a connection with those people and what their story is, definitely. To, maybe to conclude our, our dialogue, do you have currently a project or have you seen something uh, that you find particularly interesting in terms of photography? You know, actually, what might be interesting, I just finished the project. I cannot show it yet, but uh, there was this uh, open call by Vogue Spain And they had this open call for Spanish women, strength and beauty. And when I saw this, uh, this call, open call, and really immediately thought about the model that I shot, shot with before. She's Dutch, but she has Spanish roots. So she's a beautiful model, but she's in a wheelchair. So she had a very bad accident a couple of years ago, and she's paralyzed from her arms down. And uh, I really encourage her strength. She's very positive, And I really thought I want to work out this concept with you and to really that show also the world that that was not only her beauty but especially the strength mm. of being in a wheelchair the world becomes a completely different environment and how can we yeah how can we visualize this and when is that when will you be able to to show it do you know already the timeline yeah the, the jury will will publish the results at the end of september Uh, so yeah, I, I'm really hoping that we we. I mean, of course, we we should could win, but uh, or special mention or anyway, it was really really great to do it in a good team. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to post things uh, on your Instagram or on your websites. And again, I'm, I'm for the listeners, all the information is in the description uh, under the podcast. Um, well, I, I thank you so much for for this dialogue. Um, and yeah, we're definitely going to keep in touch and, and look at that, that work and the other work you're doing in the future. And yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. So last week, uh, I was in uh, Arles for the Rencontre de Arles, which is, uh, as I said before, probably the largest or one of the largest photo festivals in the world. Um, it It is going on since uh, July 3rd and will keep on going till September 24. So you can still uh, go see the exhibitions, most of the exhibitions. Um, Arles is the capital of uh, this region in south of France, uh, which is named Camargue. So it's a be beautiful region, pretty warm right now. Um, and this year, the festival uh, was, there's always a thematic, and it was named a state of consciousness. Um, and basically, it tries to bring us to the problems linked to the environment, to us, uh, the environment, not only the environment, but modern days and what's happening uh, today economically and ecologically. 
Um, so really, a, a, really a load of exhibitions, uh, lots of locations, and 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 an off festival that's very intense too. Uh, most of the galleries or other public spaces have been kind of transformed to to exhibit uh, independence. So not only do you have the main exhibitions, but uh, you can find also lots of independent artists or collectives uh, from all over the world that that came just for the occasion. Um, those don't usually last longer than the first week, but there are some that stay, uh, mainly the the galleries, uh, local galleries. But uh, th- this first week of the festival, um, so for those who don't know, and, and maybe that will be interesting for you for the years to come, the first week is kind of the pro week where all the professionals uh, from all different aspects of photography meet and talk about their work. Uh, mingle for common projects or to find new ideas. Um, it's always a really great time because there's lots of roundtables too, organized by the festival, presentations, projections, parties, visits uh, with the photographers, with the curators, uh, lots of portfolio uh, lectures, workshops. So really uh, quite an intense week. Uh, and and mainly, even if you stay, most of most of the people who come don't stay the whole week, but um, you will definitely need uh, a few days to see all the official exhibitions and more if you want to see the off festival. Um, and all of this ends up on the Saturday of this first week by what is named the Night of the Year with um, loads of projections, DJ sets. Uh, it ends up really late uh, at night, actually, early morning. Um, and yeah. It's a great moment where if you want to see the photographers uh, mingle, or if you're a photographer or pro in the domain, it's also the occasion to go test some equipment. The major brands are there. Um, yeah, anyways, you can. it's really quite exuberant. Um, I, obviously, I went to a, a few of the discussions, the forums, besides doing some networking. Um, if you know people, uh, well, you'll meet them even if you don't want to. Uh, I was lucky to meet only people I wanted to meet, so that was cool. Um, and yeah, I went to a few roundtables, and AI took quite a lot of space in the conversations. I guess that's uh, that's one of the new trends in photography. Um, also, there were a lot of exhibitions about the state of our ecology and, and human uh, problematics in general, demographics, and uh, really very interesting uh, exhibitions. Um, also, it goes in all directions. It goes on classical photography. For example, you had an exhibition with uh, Wim Wenders, all his Polaroids uh, when he was preparing his movies, one in particular, uh, really great museography in that case, um, but also some some new talents uh, or some, how do you say, uh, some of the exhibitions are quite focused on trying to show you the new, uh, the stars of tomorrow. Um well, um, I've always liked it. It's not my first festival, obviously, uh, not first Rencontre Val. Um, I heard that quite a lot of people talking about what it means uh, to have a show being curated. Uh, for example, there was the Prix Roderer, the curation being done by an Indian person. Um, six or something, five or six uh, of the selected projects were from Asia or from the region. And... Um, People are starting to wonder if sometimes curation might be a little bit too subjective or too focused. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. But that was uh, one of the main conversations I've heard uh, 
uh, in bistro, in cafes, uh, between people talking about, oh, how self-centered the curations uh, often are. And doesn't that kind of uh, impede on our ability to discover new things? Um, yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Also, some of the exhibitions, I was at that I'm, I'm talking more about my personal opinion too. Uh, many of those exhibitions are kind of show-offs, really great, but sometimes you wonder. Um, two exhibitions in particular caught my attention in that sense. I, I'm a, I really love Saul Leiter's work, and there was this uh, retrospective of his work. Um, and I thought maybe, in my opinion, kind of was a little bit too much. And um, you obviously had uh, some of the n most known pictures of his uh, work, uh, street photography in color, um, that were there, which is incredible to see in, in real, uh, in a printed form. But also some of the portraits of his mistresses in black and white and portraits. And I don't know if that's me, maybe you, you want to comment or maybe react, but I thought that kind of um, washed out the exhibition. Uh, it's not it's not really such an interesting work, in my humble opinion. Um, seeing hidden photos taken from his mistresses, he's he had a nice taste for women, in my opinion, but the photos, I don't know, uh, kind of diluted uh, the impact of the exhibition that tried to kind of show off a little bit. Um, but really great exhibit uh, in, in any case. And then also there's the Luma Tower in Arles. There's this uh, big building built by Frank Gehry uh, for the Luma Foundation uh, for Photography. Um, again, you can find everything online in more details. Uh, it's kind of super lative. Late I don't know how to say it in English uh, correctly, but um, you have this huge tower uh, that... Uh, that watches from above it's uh, really it's really way higher than most of the architecture in the region so you can it looks like uh, like a tour Eiffel in the middle of nowhere uh, you like it or you hate it i kind of i'm mixed i have mixed feelings about this huge building uh, as much as i like the bilbao museum or other creations from Geary, I, I i think this one misses the spot uh, anyways, um, there was also an exhibition in the Luma Foundation, and that exhibition was uh, about Diane Arbus, uh, named Constellation, and really a plethora of photos uh, were exhibited in this huge room. And this really, this was also an, another discussion, it's all lighter, a little bit less, that really was my personal opinion about this dilution by portraits. But um, for Diane Arbus, I think many people I, I I talked about uh, the exhibition, say they shared the same feeling. Really convoluted museography that kind of made the enjoyment and the appreciation of the work uh, hard to access. Um, really a plethora of photos. The concept was meant to let any viewer make his own pass between photos. It's well described on, on the website. But I think in real, it just was a show-off, a hard show-off. Uh, mirrors on the wall to make this feeling of plethora of photos uh, be even even larger. And the, the stands on which the photos were um, hooked let you see all the other photos behind, kind of everywhere, um, there were some photos were too high or too low to really look at uh, with significance. Um, kind of painful. I, I saw it as painful to see so many incredible photos all mixed up like this just for the concept of 
of the curator. Um, anyways, maybe maybe I'm the only one, but many of the people I crossed after kind of had the same feeling, just showing off a, a, an incredible collection and increasing the sense of of massiveness of so many pictures, so many real ones. Um, and anyways, I kind of found the experience weird. Kind of sad, too, uh, because I, I, I obviously like uh, Diane Arbus's work. I think it's really fundamental in the history of photography. But yeah, maybe this festival is is like any other institution when it gets too big. Sometimes I think they might uh, forget what the original sense is and why do we do it? Why is it? Why why did it start and why what became it? Did it become popular? Um, of course, such a big exhibition will will show in the press. I think it was very impressive to see so many works and so many things in those two exhibitions, Diane Arbus and, and Tell Lighter. But uh, I think it's a counterproductive. Uh, I'm not sure those photographers would have wanted their work to be exhibited like this. Anyways, um, let's go to uh, two small other things. Uh, I still have no news from FOAM. I crossed paths with some members of the team of FOAM at uh, the Rencontre of Arles. I didn't talk about that with them. Um, I actually didn't really uh, try to engage. Um, but they were there, so maybe they're a little bit... Uh, they had other things to do than answer and see if we could have an interview about the foam talent call and the limit to 40 years old, um, of the age limit. Uh, I, anyways, you, you can listen to older uh, podcasts if you want. And also Project Podcast. I'm not going to talk too much about it this time. But uh, obviously, when again, this project, which is meant to kind of illustrate my own path into a project I hadn't planned on and see how I can find inspiration, I can build something that might be meaningful or might be trash. Who knows? But I, I still have advanced a bit on the ideas for the project. So, and I've been trying to read some Japanese haikus translated to French, um, trying to find some inspiration. Shall I go... Can the haikus, the, the way haikus are built, uh, it's a historical book where I have uh, the dates from 17th century uh, I was reading and trying to find some some inspiration. So maybe I'm going to go in that direction, maybe having works sort of flow and answer each other and go in. Anyways, um, that might be uh, something I'll, I'll expand the project with. Um, and I took also a few pictures uh, during my stay in Al. Um, in the week before um, to maybe try to integrate in that project or maybe try just to stimulate and see if the the paint sticks to the wall. Um, but we'll see about, a little bit more about that next week. Um, anyways, so yeah, catch you next week. Mm -hmm.